All right, Inappropriate Earl is back. We took a little week hiatus. And, uh, you know, on this podcast, I always have uh, either an unknown comic or uh, someone from the 80s who made it. You know, Stephen Piercy, Fred Corey, uh, Joey Allen from uh, Warrant. And, uh, you know, those seem to be the more popular episodes. But today I have someone who is one of the hardest working dudes I know. He's not a comic. He's not on roast battle. He is a musician and he is a controversial musician because of his promotional uh, methods. Um, you know, back in the day, if you were in a band, you had to flyer every pole from Doheny to Crescent Heights to get exposure for your band. And now it's a little easier uh, because you can go online it's Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, Vine, uh, Snapchat. There's a whole myriad of ways to promote your band. And it's uh, the music industry has changed. Uh, I don't even know. Uh, you know, I watched the American Music Awards uh, last night. I didn't know what was going on. The pink's hanging off the side of a building. Um, it's not the era that I grew up with. You know, Rat, Poison, Bon Jovi, Britney Fox, who I saw at the Troubadour in front of 20 people. I couldn't leave because I knew they would see me leave. Um, and uh, this man fronts a band called Stone Breed, and uh, you've seen their flyers. If, you, if you've been on the internet, you have seen Stone Breed's flyers, and they're like legit. They've opened up for Rat, Cinderella, Warrant, Queensryche, Night Ranger, Bullet Boys, Molly Hatchet, Geofria, uh members of Dio, uh Wasp, Ike and Tina Turner. Uh and he is the front man of this band. He is the Gene Simmons of Stone Breed. And I mean that affectionately. Uh Carlos Cruz, welcome to Inappropriate. Hey, Earl. what's going on, Earl? Glad glad, glad to be here, buddy. Well I brother. You know, I became aware of you in Stone Breed through uh the great metal sludge gossip boards. Ah, my favorite. <laughs> and uh Metal Sludge is a, uh, it's like a TMZ of uh, the heavy metal world, and uh, it covers a genre of music that, you know, some might say is not popular anymore in 2017, and so if, if you want to know what the, the bass player from Bon Jovi is up to in 2017, this is the place to go to, and it's really a place for bands like Stonebreed to go, hey, we're trying to carry the torch. Yeah. Um, how did you get, because uh, you're not from L.A., Detroit? Well, I, I was actually born in Santa Monica. Uh, my grandmother lived in Detroit, so I based myself out of Detroit growing up as a kid because my father had a job where every six weeks we traveled to a different city and state. So uh, I grew up in Detroit and Austin, Texas, and basically L.A., basically. So, But I'm, I'm more from Detroit and Texas because I, I moved away a long time ago and, and came back 10 years ago, so. So you came back under the, uh, you know, it's the old story, boy meets girl, boy comes to L.A. to make it in the music business. Uh, well, I wasn't really coming to make it in the music business. I was just coming home, and I liked that. I missed L.A., but, you know, I, I was always been a musician my whole life, so as soon as I got back here, I decided to put a band back together and, and you know, just do what I, what I do, and so that's what I did. <laughs> and how hard is it... Uh, I don't even know how uh, the music business runs these days. When I was a kid, you'd like walk down Sunset, you'd see flyers for a band, yeah. you'd look at the, okay, playing uh, the country club this Friday night. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. Like how 
do you go on a, a website like metal sludge and like is that basically the pole you put your flyer on now well you know it's everything really like you said there's all kind of platforms there's music boards like metal sludge and blabbermouth and stuff like that there's uh obviously all the social media sites like facebook and twitter and instagram and snapchat and, and all that kind of stuff i mean obviously the more people that you can put something in front of them to see the obviously the more people that are going to know who you are so the you know that's what we do i mean we we try to put our stuff everywhere that we possibly can you know basically and how do you deal with the criticism because i would say on uh and by the way it's www.metalsludge.tv i really employ you guys to go to the gossip board and uh, i think carlos probably has at any given times <laughs> at least three to four threads on the front page well you know let me let me explain that really quick please no, don't do it really quick well, I no no I, I just you know what happened was when i uh, Back about, uh, I don't even remember how long ago, when I first put Stonebreed together, we we had, we had entered this contest to open for Kiss. And uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't know what Metal Sludge was at that time. I thought it was just another like music message board. So naively, I, I went on there and, uh, you know, I joined up and I, the first thing I did was, hey, vote for my band. We're opening for Kiss. And not knowing that what metal sludge was and if some of you who don't know it's it's you know it's almost like a hater board uh, it's a message board but they they like to make fun of all the bands from the 80s and and stuff like that so not knowing what it was about i put up there hey you know we're 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 trying to win this contest vote for our band and i immediately got an onslaught of criticism i mean fuck you your band sucks uh you know, you guys are old, you look like this, you sound like that. I mean, you know, this ain't, you know, I just, so not knowing that that's what it was about, of course, I took offense to it. And 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 instead of just rolling with it, like I do now, I got offended and started talking back to a few of the posts on, hey, you know, fuck you back, you know, whatever. And I fell into their little trap. And I guess uh, I created a couple little enemies along the way there. But now that I've been on there for six, seven years now, and I, I understand what it's about, I still get a lot of criticism and a lot of people make fun of us, but to me, it's entertainment. I mean, just like anything else. I mean, I think it's funny. I, I like me and my wife will go to bed at night. I'll smoke a little joint in the night. I'll go, Hey, let's look at metal. So see what they're saying about us today. And, and it's funny. We'll go on there and there'll, there'll be all kinds of stuff. I mean, I don't even post stuff about us for three or four days. And I'll look on there. There'll be four or five posts about us on the, on the top page that I didn't even post about. So it, it, it's kind of funny that it's kind of taken on its own own thing because, like I said, when I first joined, I didn't know what it was about. I naively went in there and started promoting my band. So then I got this reputation of being a spammer. I'm like, a spammer? Well, where else are you supposed to promote your band if not on a music message board? You know what I'm saying? I mean, wh wh where else am I supposed to do that, you know? So anyway, now that I'm on there, I'm a member of the community. I've been there six or seven years, and, you know, I have a lot of people that – send me private messages. Hey dude, forget what they say about you. We respect what you're doing. It's just a clown board, blah, 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 blah. I've got a couple of uh, legitimate haters that really hate what we're doing. I've got a couple jealous people. And then I got people that just jump on the bandwagon. Hey, it's cool to, to, to diss on Stonebreed. Just like it's cool to diss on that other guy, uh, Ramsey Cruz. And it's like, it's cool to diss on Michael hot or whatever, or whoever the flavor of the month is. So that's kind of how that whole me joining up in Metal Sludge and I guess being so popular on there, there right now or unpopular or whatever it may be. 
I was fascinated by you because I, I was a lurker, I guess, on your threads. I thought, okay, this guy seems... Uh, now, keep in mind, I, I didn't know you. Or, right, right. Uh, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of obnoxious. You yeah, know, he's yeah. always, you know, would uh, throw up a flyer and a thread. And uh, But it got me interested. It got me wanting to interview you. Yeah, cool. Uh, because it's... Yeah, it led me to here, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure this uh, wasn't on your bucket list to be interviewed by me, but... Uh, you know, is it hard being, uh, I'm not asking how old you are, but like, is it hard being an older artist trying to make it? I mean, do you run into, uh, you know, stumbling blocks of going, dude, you're in, I'm assuming you're in your forties. Yeah. Well, it's not really that hard because first of all, I'm not, wouldn't quote, say trying to make it. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're not out there chasing the golden ring or whatever. We don't think we're going to become big super rock stars. We don't think that our album's going to sell a million records. That doesn't happen anymore. This ain't the 80s no more. There's no record labels signing bands with these, you know, $200,000 sign-on bonuses and putting them in buses traveling around the country, unless you're like a Britney Spears or something like that. But rock bands and our kind of music today's thing, that doesn't happen anymore. So, you know, we're just happy being out there and, and making music and, you know, making albums and, and and people that like us cool, people that come to see us cool. Uh, our goal is not to become big super rock stars. Our real goal is just to, 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 be, to, be, to be able to go out and tour the country with a big enough name and a couple of songs that people dig that, that we can go out and make a living, you know, and just go out and play and, and uh, you know, be able to go to Detroit and Chicago and Indianapolis and these kind of places. Just go out and do some shows and have fun, you know. We don't have any... Uh, uh, aspirations of becoming big superstars in the business, basically. You know, we just do this for fun. Uh, it's uh, like I've said many times, a lot of guys uh, like to hunt, like to fish, like to work on cars, like to, you know, go to strip clubs, like to go join bowling leagues. I personally like to play in a rock band. That's my passion. That's what I like to do. So that's what I'm doing, man. Well, I mean, it's, uh, I have respect for you because being a 49 year old comic, who struggled for you know a long time before I, I wouldn't say I'm successful, but whatever it is I have, uh, you know it's a young. The music business is very much like the stand up business. It's a young person's game. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you look at the. I don't even know who the popular bands are now, uh, but you know it's so tough to make it once you right uh, don't fit the mold of what the business wants right uh, well it depends on what business i mean like i said you know we're, we're not trying to get signed to a, a big label that's out pushing these these teenager kids bands i mean we have a market people that are our age like our music people that grew up listening to bands like aerosmith kiss fan halen molly hatchet they like our music kids that are 18 19 years old right now they're listening to avenge sevenfold and slipknot they're not they're not gonna like our music and it's you know it's just like when i was uh that age, you know, my dad listened to the Rolling Stones and the Who and all that. Those are great bands, but I wasn't into them. I was more into Aerosmith, Kiss, and Van Halen, you know, but my dad listened to the Rolling Stones and the Who and stuff. So it's just a point of, you know, different genres and stuff like that. But there is a market for our kind of music, uh, but it's it's not with like these major labels and stuff. We have a small independent label that believed in us and put enough money into us and, and put a record out. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't know as, as far as making it, but I, I do know this, um, Metal Sludge is the only music uh, band page or forum that we actually get slack from. It's the, I mean, you know, we don't get slack from anywhere else other than Metal Sludge. But that being said, that's what that site is known for. So, you know, now that I know that, I, I welcome it. I don't care. I mean, I, I think it's funny that 
people make threads about us and make photoshops about us i'm like hey man all publicity is good publicity in my eyes man. you know so well yeah unless you're like the senator from alabama well true uh, true yeah uh, but yeah but uh you know it it is hard in in the business to make it i mean you know but we just have to i guess the old saying get in where we fit in you know so you know we're not trying to go out and play the staples center over here and open for uh uh, the new kids, uh, old kids on the block, or whatever the new guys and whoever knew this week is, you know what I'm saying? So, right. I mean, like, uh, you know, just like I watched the American Music Awards yeah. last night. Didn't know I, any of them, did you? I mean, I knew Pink. <laughs> right. I like Pink. Uh, she's kind of almost like a dude. Like, she's got a, right. a fiery. Uh, but you know, I didn't see any metal bands. I was gonna say I didn't watch it myself, but I heard there was no rock and roll, no no metal bands, nothing like that. It's all top forty pop stuff. That's what the masses are, you know, pushing down people's throat right now. So that's why, as a rock band, we 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 turn to places like Sludge, Blabbermouth, Facebook. You know, we just got to get our stuff out there because there is a market. We just got to find them, <laughs> basically. Well, because there's no, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, like Rat. Uh, you know, really any '80s band. If if you got on MTV, that was the thing. Get yeah. your video on. You sell. You literally could sell a million records overnight if uh, they played your video. Like, you oh know, yeah, Rat for round and round. I mean, yeah, there was no MTV. Maybe Rats. Oh, MTV was great and bad. It, it it was great for making those bands at that time, but it was bad for killing the industry now because now everything's so you know watered down and and i i think that the 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 videos kind of hurt you know the music business basically well i mean what how, how do you promote a band like i know as a comic when i have a show or you know uh like i'm on a cartoon on adult swim uh you know i go on instagram and uh hey everyone watch the jellies tonight at uh, you know right. twelve fifteen. uh or you know, uh, I was on the Showtime show. I'm dying up here. I'm not trying to make this about me, but no, just absolutely. you know, you go on Twitter. Hey, everyone, watch Showtime tonight, right? Uh, or or Facebook, uh, you know, or you make it at the time a Vine video and Snapchat. Uh, how does a band get people to come see them? Because Sunset Strip right now is pay to play, right? Essentially, yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, I mean, uh, as far as like the whiskeys goes, I mean, you know. Yeah, definitely. It's pay to play. But it, like, you know, that's a that's a touchy subject because, I mean, it is pay to play. But then, you know, sometimes even the pay to plays, you can make money, you know, so. Now, pay to play for those of you who aren't really familiar with that term is, uh, you know, usually the venue. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm asking you, not right, telling right. you. Uh, like, say you're going to play the whiskey. You have to buy the tickets from them for, say, 10 bucks a ticket. And then you could sell them for 20. Right. Well, basically, yeah. I mean, here's the deal. And normally it's like, you know, if, if we if we want to open for a national band, like let's just say Firehouse, for instance, we just did a show with those guys. Um, the whiskey will give you a certain amount of tickets to sell. They'll require you to sell. Okay, well, if you want the, and, and I think they even do it by like the, as far as the timing goes, if you're like the eight o'clock band, you sell less tickets. But if you're like the band that's going to play right before Firehouse, which is called Direct Support Spot, let's just say it's 50 tickets and they, you know, they give them to you for $15 and then they sell them for 20 and you sell them for 20 um, and you keep $5 a ticket. Now, if you sell all 50 tickets, uh, if that's the requirement, then, you know, you make $5 a ticket, you make 250 bucks for doing the show. But if you don't sell all 50 tickets, say you only sell 40, you have to pay for those extra 10 p- tickets out of your own pocket. So that's where, you, you know, it's a fine line whether it's pay to play or not. Now, you know, we've done shows where we didn't sell all the tickets and we've had to pull money out of our own pocket. but 
we've also done many, many shows where, you know, we've sold more than we needed to and made more money than we were supposed to. Um, but as a band that, that learns how things work down there, we, we won't book a show that we don't think we can sell the tickets to. Like, you know, I don't want to mention any names, but you know, like I had an offer just a couple of nights ago to open for such and such band. I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I don't think they're a big enough draw that my, our fans will want to come to see them at us as well. So we're going to pass on that show, but you know, then I'll get another call. What about this band? Oh yeah. I could probably definitely you know, like Tom Kiefer. Oh yeah, man. Last time we played with Tom Kiefer, it sold out. Our, our, our audience loves Tom Kiefer as well. So yeah, we can definitely sell 50 tickets to Tom Kiefer. So it is all pay to play, but you just got to learn how to play that game, <laughs> basically, and pick and choose the shows that you think you can do right. well on, you know. Because there's not many uh, music venues for uh, hard rock bands anymore. There's the Whiskey, uh, I guess the Viper Room. Viper Room, the Whiskey, uh, now the Rainbow's doing stuff upstairs. Obviously, they closed the Key Club down, the House of Blues, which were, were two great venues. Um and that that's that's you know basically I mean the whiskey's you know pretty much world famous and known for having every band ever that was out there play on their stage. So um, I think a lot of people that that play there and do the pay to play it's it's more for the hey we played the whiskey you know type right. of uh, thing basically. Well, it's still a legendary venue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, it's good. funny. I was just you know talking with my son the other day and. I was looking at some of our past uh, performances and and I was like, damn, this will be the 29th time I've played on this stage. And so we've played there quite a few times ourselves already. What's the biggest crowd you've played? Uh, like what was the best whiskey show you guys have had? Oh man, we've had many of them. Uh, the, the, like I said, the Tom Kiefer show was completely sold out. Uh, we played with Rat there once, and it was pretty much sold out. Which Rat though? There's the, well, you know the the, the Bobby Bobby's Rat, yeah. But we played with both Rats numerous times. Um, when Bobby was still in uh, with the other guys, we we did a couple of shows. We did a sold out show that was at the Whiskey, but we we sold out the. Uh, well, I shouldn't say we. How, uh, we played with Rat and Warrant and us, and it sold out at the House of Blues during Nam Weekend. So, you know, that was kind of cool with that Rat, but. Uh, we've done a lot of you know sold out shows at the whiskey before you know and how does it feel like when when you're doing a show because you know i've opened up for big comics mm -hmm. and, and you know it's kind of an intimidating thing because you realize well this is a sold out show but they're all here to see dave Chappelle. right right uh, right you know and i'm sure it's the same when you're opening up for rat wow. or tom Kiefer, uh, the singer from cinderella for those of you not uh into the music we like uh is it like weird that they're all there to see someone else but do you try and win them by just saying this is us that's exactly what we do because we we you know we obviously won't i'm just using bands for example we wouldn't book a show at like missing persons you know it's just not our genre their crowd probably would not like us but we come out in front of tom Kiefer, um and here's people that have never seen us before it's the same kind of music you know hard rock little southern bluesy type of stuff so we feel that their crowd would really like us a lot so that's what we do. We come out when, and if we have an opportunity to get in front of, uh, you know, a couple hundred people that have never heard from us before that likes the same kind of music before, hopefully we can win them over. And that's what we try to do. We come out and, and we try to, you know, just do the best we can and, and, and show Tom Kiefer's crowd who we are basically. And hopefully when they leave, they're like, Oh man, Tom Kiefer was great. And wow, that opening band was pretty good too. What was her name, Martha? Oh yeah. Stormbreed. Let's look them up. Oh yeah. Cool. We'll go see those guys again too. So hopefully that's, what we get out of it basically well i mean so it's the goal to to get on a national tour oh uh, yeah i mean obviously um 
a national. Yeah, we actually, we're working on that for 2018 right now. Our our, our CD just came out, so we're uh, we're working on doing that. Uh, we don't know who yet, but we're trying to get on a tour with the national to go out with. Um, but yeah, that's obviously the, the 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 goal is to get out and get in front of people. So and the CD is Heart of Stone. Heart of Stone just came out on Rock Avenue Records USA about two weeks ago. And where can be, you know? I'm assuming iTunes. And- yeah, oh yeah, all digital. You know, iTunes. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, Amazon, eMusic, all that. Um, if you go right to our label, uh, Rock Avenue Records USA, you can order a physical copy. I don't know if they have have it at Amoeba yet. I think they do. I think our somebody dropped a couple of them off of it. Over there, but um, they have actual physical copies. Yeah, like, yeah, that's so weird to me. Like that's what I prefer, to be honest. Yeah, Just to have the CD in your hand. Yeah, and look at the liner notes. Yeah, we, uh, we yeah we we sold quite a few of them at the uh, who did we just play with. Oh, uh, we we played with Snow with uh, Carlos Cavazos band last week at the Whiskey and. We sold quite a few of them at our show that night. <laughs> See, I was excited because I thought that was Snow the Rapper. Oh, yeah, you're right. I was like, wow, he's back in the game? That yeah. doesn't seem like Stonebraid. In the- <laughs> See, that's another thing. You know, we, we we wouldn't book a show with Snow the Rapper, obviously, but, you know. Right. But you're right, you know, because Snow was a popular Canadian rapper back a while back. But this Snow was originally, like, from the late 70s or early 80s. Uh, they've been around a long time. They had an album out way back in the day. This is back before Quiet Riot, Carlos Cavasso, um, and his brother. Robert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, oh, please don't don't fail me now. It's a... Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I thought there was only two Cavasso brothers. There is, but um, you're thinking of the other. Uh, it, it's Carlos and Tony Cavasso. Okay. And you're thinking of Rudy and Robert Sarzo. I, Those guys always get mixed up because they were both brothers were in different bands. Like Rudy and Robert Sarzo were in Hurricane together. Who I had the I, I don't mean to brag, but <laughs> I, I did uh, induct Hurricane into oh. the Rainbow. I, I guess they don't have a Wall of Fame, but uh, there's some Hall of Fame at the Rainbow. Uh, I think they get their picture on uh, the wall, uh, and uh, I think uh, Hurricane asked everyone else in Hollywood to do it, and. Uh, they must have either said no or weren't around. So, <laughs> all right, man. I had to do stand. Hurricane, those guys are my buddies. I like those cats, man. Uh, I mean, do you uh, ever like you know a lot of big name rockers? Yeah. Uh, do you ever ask them like, "Hey, man, can can you help me?" Um, you know, not really. I mean, it's no secret that that me and Bobby Blotzer are really good friends, and um, he's actually helped us quite a few times. Got us some shows with Rat. Um, got us with a uh, a booking agency who got us a couple of big shows with like Warrant and stuff out of town, stuff like that. Um, I don't really use my connections to to pull strings or whatever, but I mean, if I can, I will. But you know, I, I don't. It's not like I hate asking for shit. You know, I like to do my own stuff. You know, but if if I feel like somebody can help me or, or get me on a, a deal or a favor, I, I will pull that card, but I, I hate to do that. To be honest with you, man, I like to do everything myself, but I used to feel like that. Yeah. But, but now well, I, you know, Bobby's helped us out a couple of times and you know, obviously, I mean, I was over at, uh, Carlos's uh, birthday party, Cavasso, and he was telling me, yeah, man, with Snow, we're going to do this show. Man, would you guys like to be direct support and, and come and play with us? I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, knowing these guys helps, you know, well, maybe uh, one day you can mend the fence between me and Bobby. Uh, uh, that's not a problem at all. I'm supposed to go to his house uh, Sunday to watch football. <laughs> I'm actually a fan, but cool. we, uh, like I was telling you right before we started, uh, Mr. Piercy came on, right. and uh, I just did a just a random joke. You know, I'm a comic. You know, I'm trying to, you know, break the ice. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know Stephen Piercy that well at the time, and I'm like, 
Stephen, how important is the drummer in Rat? Just uh, kidding. I, I doubt he's really heard about that. I mean, I'm sure he'll get over that, man. Bobby's well, a really cool guy, a real person in life. Well, I, I would love to just, I mean, that's a guy who's seen the highs and the lows of the music industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was there in the 80s. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe the peak of what we're all trying to get. Well, Rat was one of the main essential bands at that time. I mean, you had like Motley Crue and... And, and and Rat and Wasp and Bon Jovi, and those guys, those were like the main Sunset Strip bands. I mean, those were like huge bands. And you know, Rat's not one of those bands that have went out and and just toured all over for the last six years like some of these other bands have. So they still have a really good, you know, draw and all that kind of stuff. They haven't basically burnt themselves out yet. But very unfortunate what's going on with the whole lawsuit and all that. But you know, like 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 you said, you you do in the, the interview with Stephen. I mean, I'm really good friends with Bobby, and I'm loyal to Bobby and. uh but then again, you know, he knows that I'm really good friends with Carlos, who, who plays in a rat. Right. You know, I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm friends with Juan, but we just got asked to do a show with Bullet Boys and Juan Cruchier, you know, like about a month ago. And, you know, he was kidding me a little bit. Oh, I can't believe you're, you know, fucking playing with Juan, man. I was, he's like, I'm just kidding, dude. I don't care. But, you know, it, it's cool like that. He, he doesn't, like, pick sides or anything like that or. He's not mad about shit like that. I mean, I, like I said, I, I doubt he would even remember the the deal. I mean, I hope not. You know, I was just kidding around. I felt, you know, I'm actually. Well, I'll tell you, man, that you're a cool dude, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, if I could get him on this, get him on this couch, we could uh, hopefully, uh, you know, once I, you know, the hard part is on this podcast, you know, I don't do any phone uh, or Skype. People right. got to come to me and, uh, you know, if you could, uh, you could even come with him. Right. And, well, you know uh, what? I'll, I'll talk to him. I'm going to his house Sunday. I'll be like, hey, man, my buddy's got a podcast. And he wants to know if he'll come on there and see what he says. Um, but, like, but I get, like, you know, when I would look at a band like Rat and see that they can't get along necessarily, I mean, you know, Piercy left or was fired and then he came back and then, you know, the whole thing with Bobby. And to me as a fan, I'm just, can't you guys fucking get along? Right, right. Uh, and then, you know, I've been on certain TV shows where after two years, you're going at each other's throats. So I can, I kind of see it from their all perspectives now that, yeah. you know, they've been together in some carnation since the late seventies. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate and, and being Bobby's friend, I, I, you know, I see firsthand some of the shit he goes through. Like if I'm sitting over at his house, he's on the phone with his lawyers or this or that. And, you know, I, I know that you know me as an outsider looking in i'm the same way i'm a fan of rat you know and and growing up listening to rat um and i you know i told bobby i'm like look dude you know it don't matter if you don't like your guys or you're mad at them or you guys just don't get along or you hate each other but dude fucking hate them all the way to the bank man you know when 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 you're cashing those checks from going out and playing all week in your home on sunday and on monday you go and you you cash that check from all your week's worth man then then think about how much you hate them and stuff you know but don't don't let that you know destroy your you guys this whole thing and the same with them as well i was like man if they could have just worked it all out and got back together i mean like i said they're not a band that's ran their name in the dirt right so far to where or toured so much um, that you know, it's hard for them to draw because I mean, there's some bands that fuck they play they play in Hollywood every every three weeks, every six weeks. I'm like, who's gonna go see if you're you know if you're one of those kind of bigger bands and you're playing every three to six weeks somewhere around here, you know? So, right. I mean, like a band like Rack, you know, they they haven't they don't tour a lot, they don't you know they don't they don't play around a lot, they don't overbook themselves everywhere, you know. So 
Well, I think it's also uh, Warren comes from a little bit of. Oh yeah. You know, uh, he's financially well off mm -hmm. cuz uh, I think his wife has something to do with the Mars candy. I think it's his family, yeah, his, okay. uh, the Mars Foundation, yeah. So that's a weird like he doesn't really need to tour cuz you know, he doesn't want to go to the you know, the Chuckle Hut Music Festival in Tallahassee, right. uh, you know. But uh, if you're getting paid, I mean, you know, but then like like I said, but if he's got a lot of mo money, it's not a big deal to him, but but then maybe like Piercy and, and, and Bobby, I, I I don't know that either one's financial situation, but like, you know, they might need to tour a little bit more. And, right. you know, Juan has his recording studio, I think in Palos Verdes still. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it, it's, that's one of the things that was frustrating Bobby. You know, they he wanted a tour and, and, and you know, uh, Warren didn't at that time. Right. You know? So that, that was causing a big thing. So Bobby's like, well, you know, I'll just put my own band together and go on tour. So that's kind of what happened. But, and I don't blame him. I mean, you know, that's what you do. You work. You want to work. You know, and and you know, if somebody is holding you back from working, then that's not that's not cool. You know, so yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he, and for those of you kind of lost in this conversation, uh, the drummer from Rat, or the I guess the ex drummer. Uh, I hope he gets back in one day. Uh, you know, no offense to Greg, the drummer and Rat. Now, yeah, uh, yeah. I get confused with all these lineup changes. Uh, you know, Bobby Blotzer put out the Bobby Blotzer ex Rat Experience. Mm -hmm. So he had basically four uh, of his friends, music friends, yep. uh, playing Rat. And, uh, you know, the reviews were mixed. Uh, I think he got into a little bit of, uh, you know, especially on Sludge, where he gave the members of the band <laughs> Platinum Records. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I think for Round and Round, or uh, Out of the Cellar, which they had nothing to do with. Right. Uh, so that... You know, might not have been the best uh, play uh, for the hardcore rat fans, right? The, right. Uh, but you know, which you know, in his defense, I don't think he was doing that to go here. Thanks for being in Rat for the last month or two. <laughs> you know, I think he was just a kind gesture that that their their label had given him those, so he wanted to give them to the guys in his band. You know, I don't think it was like, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people misread that. To be honest with you, you know that you know. They're like, oh well, these guys get a record. They weren't on. They didn't play on the record, which is true. They didn't play on the record. I think he was just giving them as gifts, you know, not right. to say, oh, you guys are rat now or nothing like that. I think he just gave them as gifts to his band, you know. I think even his tour manager got one. <laughs> right. I mean, to me, it's like it's 2017, guys. I right. Mean, right. The interest in rat is, uh, I don't want to say minimal, but like, uh, you know, just get along for right an hour and a half on stage. I get it. You have differences well, in, in reality it's what the fans want and 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 in in my opinion i i think that at the end of the day you know it, all members of that band should should really respect what the fans want and and the same with like skid row i mean the fans want to see sebastian mocking the band you know and i i think that you know the, those guys should put their egos aside and work it out man. <laughs> you know basically i wish i yeah, mean i yeah. just think you know in the year 20s and we're going to get back to stone breed but you know That's like cool. you're you're such a fountain of you know you're on the scene uh yeah. you know in the year 2017 i just don't think the the interest is there for a skid row reunion it's, right i mean well there is for certain die hard hardcore fans you know but 
there's not a bunch of 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids running around out there going, oh, I wish Skid Road get back together. Again. Yeah. It's just <laughs> I like, know what you mean. Yeah. I would love it. Uh, you know, I might fly in January to some kiss convention in, I think, Atlanta where Vinnie Vincent's going to be. Oh, cool. Well, here's my 16 year old son. Let me ask you a question. Are you excited to see if Skid Row gets back together? Put the mic in front of his. Uh, Do you even know who Skid Row is? I know one Skid Row song, and I don't, I don't even know the name. I, I literally know one Skid Row. It's a, uh, oh, what is it? I Remember You? No. It's Youth Gone Wild? Youth Gone Wild. Because yep. I only remember it in a WWE video game, because that's like the soundtrack. It's like rock and stuff. Do you know Sebastian Buck? I do know Sebastian Buck. Let me ask you a question. As a 16-year-old fan, like, uh, do you like hard rock music like your dad plays? I like heavy metal. Like, what is heavy metal to you? Like, Heavy metal, to, okay, so I know your guys' definition is different because back then it wasn't as heavy as it is now. Like, heavy metal to me is bands like Slipknot, Megadeth, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Amon Amarth, uh, Black Sabbath, basically the creators of heavy metal. You know, um, heavy metal to me is basically like, because I know back then heavy metal was just like dark lyrics and how like dark and basically how dark it could sound. But I guess now heavy metal has changed and what people want it to be is just how, like, how, how, is, like, how strong can a person scream to the, like Corey Taylor, for example, you know, back on the first album, he was screaming his head off. And then by the third album, kind of sounded horrible, had to fix up his voice a little bit. By the fourth album, he was like pretty fine. He'd actually probably one of the best screams i've heard and by the fifth album his voice kind of got in again but i mean the, the view on heavy metal has changed because like it sounds different like as me i when i hear when i see the label heavy metal i'm like all right i'm expecting this to be heavy i'm expecting to be fast i'm expecting to be dark but back then you were just like <laughs> i wonder how dark the lyrics can be pretty much it well like back when i was your age uh many 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 moons ago uh you know, like kids would have like a dock and patch on their jean jacket or a, certainly a rat or Motley Crue was very popular because of the pentagram logo. Like uh, you're in high school, yes? Yeah, junior. Uh, um, what do kids wear like a, a band, a certain band's patch on their jean jacket or their binders? I mean, my friend Carlos has one Slipknot patch on his jacket, and he's like, he's not even that much of a fan. But I see a bunch of kids wear band T-shirts, and I just look at half of them like, you don't even know the band, you don't know any members, you know any songs. Stop trying to be cool. Take off that shirt. Right. And I hate when kids do that. It's so annoying. Like what band? Like you know, like is popular where because like the logo or the T-shirt, but you don't think Nirvana, they Nirvana, and Guns N' Roses. For sure. Those are the main two I see all the time. Do you like guns? As a 16 year old, I'm curious. Do you like Guns N' Roses? Oh, yes, absolutely. But do you like the old, old like the, the original Guns N' Roses or what's touring now? Original. Right. And it's just like when Slash left, you can't really replace Slash's guitar playing. So it's just kind of like even when one member leaves, the band's different, you know? Sure. It's like, even even a even a bass player. If a bass player leaves, it's the band's different, you know. It's like each member has their own part in the band. And like when that member leaves and you get a new person, that whole like thing kind of changes and stuff. Like 
Example, Guns N' Roses. After the first album, they had to kick out Steven Adler for Matt Sorum. And it just kind of changed. Like, didn't change that much, but you did notice there was a change. Because Matt Sorum is a technical drummer, very proficient. Uh, seems like he would be teaching at the Musicians Institute if he didn't have to, uh, you know, because he's made good money. Uh, Steven Adler's a little more uh, free-spirited on drums, maybe mm -hmm. not the technical wizard the Matt Storm is, but it was different. Like, you know, uh, you know, it's like when Ace Freely left Kiss, Vinnie Vincent came in. Brian Johnson, Bon Scott. Right. Uh, well, singers, it's different to me because it's the sound. Like yeah. if someone replaced your dad and Stonebreed, it wouldn't be the same band. Yeah. Because your, uh, Carlos's voice is uh, gravelly, you know, uh, deep. And if you came in with the uh, person who was like a, opera singer classically trained it wouldn't be stonebraid anymore yeah. now people on sludge might say good oh yeah yeah uh <laughs> first of all uh carlos's child 16 years yep. old is here full consent of his dad yes it's a new era and i tell you man he's a he's a music fanatic you could tell he's a he's 16 years old he takes the bus from our house goes down to the whiskey like every tuesday night goes to the jam night he uh he Got himself a pit ticket for Ozfest, not fest last weekend. Figured out a way to get all the way out there for both days. Um, although he did get a little, uh, didn't eat and drink, and he passed out the front of the stage right before Ozzy came on. But after the medics took him back and got him something to drink, he came back out front and was there. But like last year, I don't know if you know who Ira Black is, but Ira Black's a great guitar player. He used to play in Lizzie Borden. He's playing with Dawkin right now. Uh, but he's a friend of ours. Um, and he was in a band uh, called Westfield Massacre at the time last year. But I was out on tour and I asked you know, on Facebook, Any, anybody got any hookups for Ozfest? Because my son really wants to go. Well, my buddy Ira saw that. He's like, you know what, man? I I'm playing Ozfest and I'm taking my my kids if, you know, Christian wants to roll with us. So, man, he went last year backstage on the stage. He's on the stage while who was playing Deftones and. Well, last year it was... Uh, or Disturbed and... Yeah, Anthrax. Anthrax. Anyway, he's kids at Ozfest every year on the stage and goes down to the whiskey by himself. And his favorite band is uh, Slipknot and Stone Sour. And, and he really likes this Corey Taylor guy so much that he follows this guy around. I mean, he'll he'll go to a book signing over here at, at the Book Soup. He'll, he'll follow him over at some art gallery. They're doing an a art thing. Uh, he went down to the Tree Bird and seen him play. Got his hair cut like the... <laughs> Singer for Slipknot. I mean, you know, he's into it, brother. He's into it. Well, that's awesome. I yeah. mean, uh, but I think because you, you guys had Chris Holmes, so let, yeah, let's yeah. let's steer it back. As you can tell, Carlos, I don't plan any questions. It's yeah, yeah. more about that's fun, free flowing. That's cool, uh, though. I was fascinated. Uh, you know, Chris Holmes from Wasp. Yeah. I mean, in the LA uh, music world, you legendary. Like absolutely. Uh, you know, if if you're a fan of '80s metal, I mean, he was he was he's like Blotzer saw it from the beginning to the, oh yeah the he peak was, to the, the whole thing, man. Unfortunately, the uh, you know the decline, mm -hmm. which is where he probably got most of his fame uh, through non-metal fans because he was in the decline of Western civilization, the movie, yeah. and he was in that infamous scene where he's drinking whiskey in the pool. Yep, and a lot of it. Uh, so much so where people thought it was just water yeah like that no one could drink this much and uh he was not and his mom was uh poolside and was kind of a i don't know it was kind of a sad yeah uh, like you know it, 
eye opener. <laughs> it's like, oh wow, this isn't uh, just a Kiss Asylum with uh, the funny uh, outfits. This is uh, like reality. Yeah. Uh, but how did he come to getting into Stone Breed? Because it's not really uh, a pairing I could visualize. Well, it's kind of weird. Uh, you know, we we we. I knew Chris from the scene. You know, I think he was in like Big Ball All Stars or something. We were just just playing shows. I mean, you know, we had mutual friends. Chris would show up and, and come to some of the shows we played, and stuff like that. And uh, um, at one point, I, I uh, for my for my business that I own, I had a warehouse in North Hollywood, and I had my band set up in there for rehearsal um, on one part of my my uh, warehouse, uh, a part that I wasn't using, opposed to my my business. And we would rehearse over there, and um, we threw parties and stuff over there. And a couple of times, Chris had came over and to the parties, and he did a jamming with us and stuff. And and then he approached me, and he's like, "Hey, man, um, and I got a couple of shows coming up. You think I could rehearse at your spot over there? You know?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure, right. We're friends." So I let him rehearse at our spot a couple of times, and then um, what had happened was he we I had lost a couple members of Stonebreed at one time, right before I was supposed to go tour somewhere i can't even remember exactly the logistics of it but the bottom line is he i, I was telling him hey man you know I, I need to find a guitar player man to, to fill in and he straight up you know, without even hesitation goes dude i'll do it i'm like no i mean i'm serious man i'm like i need a, like a member of the band to fill in we got like all these shows coming up we got a show coming up with like cheap trey we got a show coming up with rat um da, 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 da. and he's like no man i'm, I'm he goes I, i'm gonna move to europe in about 11 months but I'll do it until I have to move if, you know, if you need somebody. And I think it was because, you know, he knew we had a couple of big shows lined up and, you know, he's obviously he's a, he's a great player and he wanted to get out and play some big shows with us. So us being friends, it was a, it was a good fit. And at that same time I had lost a roommate and he was looking for a place to live. So I was like, Hey man, if you're going to go ahead and join my band. Why don't you go ahead and just be my roommate for the next 11 months too. So him and his wife moved into my house we lived together for about 11 months. He played in Stonebury. We did a bunch of shows. And, you know, he was straight up with me from the beginning. I, you know, I, I'll do it, but I'm I moving to Europe in 11 months, and, and which he did. He fulfilled his uh, time with us, and we did a bunch of shows and had a great time. And a lot of people ask me, you know, what's my what's my biggest regret? And my biggest regret was not not recording a song with, with Chris Holmes. That's, you know, if I wish I, that's my biggest regret is not being able to find the time to get in and actually record a song with Chris playing on the guitar. So because he, he played with us for almost a year or so. And he doesn't get the credit for being, you know, a, a pretty good musician. Like if you, if you listen to any Wasp album in your life, that's all Chris Holmes, man. I mean, you know, he's the, the guy that did, wrote all that, you know, and, he was a phenomenal guitar player, and he got a really bad rap for uh, being in that movie. Everybody just thought he was a, a, a drunk his whole life. But to be honest with you, man, he is the—he's the one of the most nicest, most humble guys you could ever, ever imagine. I mean, like he—he, he, for instance, he came to my my, my son's uh, birthday party. I don't even that's six, seven years ago. I mean, he were like ten or eleven or something, and all of his friends and Chris Holmes was just like the biggest kid of them all. He was down there playing uh Baku guns with them and playing games with them and eating ice cream and cake. And he was just like this big kid. You know, we took him to six flags one time and he rode all the roller coasters and, you know, him and my son are really good friends, but he rode all the roller coasters with Christian. He's just like this big kid, man. He's, he's a, and, and, and he's got this reputation. People call him mean man. And I don't know why, because he don't have a mean bone in his body. He's the nicest sweetest humblest guy you would ever meet he doesn't drink at all hasn't drank anymore yeah, he hasn't drank in a long time 
Um, he's got other issues, but he doesn't drink. <laughs> well, that's a start. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, Chris Holmes is a great guy, man. I mean, you know, he went over to Europe. He's doing his own thing. He's got his own band together and he's doing some touring over there. And, and uh, you know, I, I wish him all the best luck in the world. Him and his wife, Kathy, are super cool people, man. Well, how that's Chris Holmes, the musician, uh, the roommate, Chris Holmes. I mean, that... He, I, I don't want to say judge a book by its cover, but <laughs> he seems like he might not be the neatest guy in the world. How was he as a roommate? Well, you know, fortunately he had his wife there, which she was a little nearer than Chris. So, you know, she, she kept the place clean and stuff like that. But, you know, honestly, I worked a lot during the day. We would rehearse a couple of nights, but, you know, I never even saw the guy half the time. I mean, you know. A lot of times he would be out in my garage because that's where he kept his guitar and his amps and stuff. And he would be out there soldering stuff and fixing stuff and noodling with stuff and doing his own recordings and stuff. And um, pretty much kept to himself, basically. I mean, he was a cool roommate. I never had any problems with him. Him and his girl didn't fight. He never got drunk and belligerent. Uh, never had the cops called or anything like that. And, you know, never had to kick out a bunch of groupies at three in the morning. No shit like that. It was, it was actually... Kind of peaceful. <laughs> was it motivating to have someone in the band for those 11 months that had achieved? I mean, Wasp, I guess, were never like superstars, like say well, a Yeah, rap, you but. know, I tell you, it really, it propelled Stonebreed as a band because of the, the minute that uh, some of the magazines started picking up the story of how Stonebreed joined, uh, I mean, uh, Chris Holmes joined Stonebreed. Um, I don't know if it's like Blabbermouth or I don't know who it was, but a couple of... Uh, magazines ran 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 an article about you know chris holmes joined stonebreed and man it just all of a sudden we just got so many hits on our facebook page we got uh you know i was noticing our name in russian magazine stuff i couldn't even pronounce you know russian magazines japanese magazines i mean worldwide the minute chris holmes's name got associated with us we became more famous worldwide than just in the united states you know because chris holmes is a worldwide oh sure success I mean so um, you know, all of a sudden we have people in Russia, who the fuck is Stonebreed? You know, people in Japan, who is the Stonebreed? You know, so they checked us out and I think it propelled us quite a bit. And then, you know, it didn't hurt having them in the band when we were playing shows, you know, because we we used it. I mean, I hate to say that, but, you know, it was, wasn't just Stonebreed. It was Stonebreed featuring Chris Holmes. I mean, you know, he, he's got a good name and we ran with that. So it helped bring people into the shows as well. So. And then why did he leave? Because he moved to... Yeah, he'd already planned on going to uh, Europe. His his wife is from France. Um, he wanted to move to Europe. He didn't like the scene here. He didn't like the hip-hop music. He thought the music scene was dying here, and he really just had a hard-on for moving to Europe, and he'd planned it for a, a whole year straight. <laughs> so who's uh, in the current... Uh because the, who's in the current version of Stonebraid right now? There's four of us, and this version has been together for three years now, and it's uh, me on vocals. I have uh, bass player Johnny Zell, um, who Johnny Zell is a phenomenal bass player. His dad was the uh, trumpet player in the Lawrence Welk show, so he grew up around music and on te television and all that kind of stuff. Um, our drummer's name is uh, Orion Rains, um, affectionately known as Onion Rings on uh, Metal Sludge. <laughs> and uh we'll get to that in a second yeah, yeah and um he's a he's a phenomenal drummer man great drummer great showman drummer he's also a part-time actor um and then uh guitar player is brandon paul from right here in uh sunny southern california and and he uh in my in my personal opinion is one of the greatest guitar players out there right now i mean in in my opinion he reminds me of a young little randy rhodes 
Um, he's that good. I mean, you know, a lot of, he doesn't get the credit that, you know, especially coming in, having to fill Chris Holmes' shoes. I mean, you know, he replaced Chris Holmes. So, uh, but this, this, this guy is a phenomenal guitar player. He does his own guitar teaching and all that stuff. And, uh, his name is Brandon Paul. He's a guitar player. So there's four of us in the band. Now let's get to that controversial video that was recently uh, on the rounds. Which, by the way, he's the one that shot that video. So here we go. Well, wait, oh, wait. Oh, my God. That yeah. is a- well, here's the deal. He he is my son. Right. He's not our stage manager. We have a stage manager. We have a guy named Lynn Stray who's our stage manager. This is my son. I'm teaching him how to be a stage manager, roadie. You know, I'm teaching him how to set Orion's drums up, how to, you know, plug the guitars and i'm gonna teach him my guitar tech i'm gonna teach him the ropes he's such a music mus- musically inclined kid he loves music so much he loves being on stage at the whiskey helping us out stuff like that so at this p- specific show uh while the stage man was doing our stuff i said here christian you know if you want to take a live video do the live video so he's actually the one that shot the video and for those of you uh not going what the hell is earl talking about there's a <laughs> uh please go on metalsludge.tv go on the gossip boards you'll get it it's uh many threads just say i guess they have a search engine or you could uh either put in stonebreed or carlos cruz and you'll oh God, just if you put in stonebreed you'll be there for like nine days just trying to find that one video <laughs> you it's the greatest video ever from the like I watch it several times uh, because you guys are at an outdoor festival. Yes, and um, well, you explain it to you know it, it, your son. Well, first of all, I can pay you for this interview with a money order, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> okay. That's the greatest thing ever because I really want to. Uh, you know, I'm about 200 episodes in to this podcast. Awesome. I love it. I mean, it, it's, it's awesome. I mean, but to put it in perspective, Joe Rogan's at near a thousand. So, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, far behind. Uh, but I talk so well, much. Dude, of, but just having me on the show alone, your numbers are going to go up at least two or three more people. I but, guarantee. Oh, I, but see, <laughs> you're an ideal podcast guest. And I'm being, you know, I've been accused. Someone just left a, a review on iTunes for this podcast saying, uh, if you want safe harbor, go on inappropriate Earl because he will ask no tough questions and just kiss ass. But it's to me, it's not about antagonizing your guest into okay. Well, maybe I could say I don't like Stonebridge music and Carlos sucks as a singer or the guitar player sucks. But what point is that? Like, uh, you know, I hate you know when I, like I told you before we started, I went on Reddit which is basically for stand-up comedy, Metal Sludge. Right, uh, right. And uh, the few TV shows I've been on, uh, you know, it's mostly positive reviews of my act, but <laughs> some not so much. And it's like, I would love to see you guys have to get on TV and do stand-up. Uh, or I would love any of you on Metal Sludge, and I think I'm friendly with everyone on there, uh, I mean, to a degree. Uh, I would love to have you guys promote your band, go to the whiskey, do what Carlos does, go to outdoor festivals, set up your own fucking gear, uh, do pay to play shows, uh, uh, do that. And then you could criticize it is man. Really? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, is it, you know, don't criticize if you can't do it better or if you can't even do it, uh, be that as it may, the video that your son took, uh, if you're just a uh, a connoisseur of music, you go, wow, this is, they're playing to nobody. Uh, you can hear people in the crowd talking to each other. Like, 
but it's a great insight into the you take it from there the show was stopped after how many songs two songs well our our your your uh, yeah. uh, stone breach performance was stopped after two songs there seems to be a confusion um and i just the whole point of this long intro into this story is I just want you guys to know what bands or comics, in this case, a band has to go through to play. Uh, you guys were cut short because the concert promoter didn't get your money order. <laughs> well, that's the story on metal sludge, but that's farthest from the truth. I Please mean, by, by well, all that's, means. It's, it's, you know, that's funny. Like, like I said, on metal sludge, I think it's turned around. Um, well, let me back up and I'm going to explain this whole situation. Please do. This way I can go ahead and get it out in the open one time here. First of all, the the first of all, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus or nothing. But you can. But uh, you know the, fe the the festival was. Um, I'm not going to mention it, but the initials were the Indie Stock Music Festival, and uh, <laughs> and and basically what happened was I, I, I had a promoter email me. Would you guys be interested in playing at the Indie Stock Music Festival? And where is this for people? In Pico Rivera. Okay. And it was going to be at this. Um, the Pico Rivera Sports Arena is what it's called. And I've never been there. I don't know nothing about it. Um, so I was like, well, you know, what's the deal? Now, you know, it's same thing, uh, pay to play type of thing. But the, they, he was telling me, well, we're going to have, I said, well, who's playing? Well, we're going to have headliners. Well, who's the headliners? Well, right now we're in negotiations with Zach Wild, Great White, Sebastian Bach, you know, some bigger names. I was like, well, okay, well, we, we might be interested. What's the deal? Well, if you play at this amount of time and this amount of time, we require you to sell this amount of tickets. If you play at between this time and this time, we require you to sell this amount of tickets. If you're right before the headliners, we require you to sell this amount of tickets. Well, that's we we, we so we says okay, yeah, we we would be interested in doing that, but we need to know who the headliners are first. He's like, well, we'll get back with you on that. So three days later, I started getting calls saying, hey, I heard your name on the radio. I'm like. For what? Oh, you guys are playing the Cindy Stock Music Festival. I'm like, well, we never signed a contract yet. Never really 100% agree. We don't even know who the headliners are yet, but we 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 did talk about playing it. So I called the promoter. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm hearing we're already on the radio. Oh, yeah, I figured you guys would want to do it. That's okay. We'll do it. Well, who's the headliners? Well, we don't know yet. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, he's like, oh, so far we got, uh, it was Lynch Mob, I, I think. And, um, so the bottom line is, you know, I said, okay. So then he calls me back like three days later. He goes, hey, man, we got, we have to move the the date from the 22nd to the 28th or something. It's like a week later. And, and he's like, I don't know, the, 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 the venue overbooked it or whatever. So I'm like, well, dude, that's like in two or three weeks. How are you even going to do that? So I, I, at this point, was leery about the show. I'm like, wow, man, here it is three weeks before the show. They don't even have the headliners. Now they're having to move the show from this date to the next date. So um, when he moved the date, we had uh, my, my, my bass player and my drummer also playing a cover band on the side. And they had a gig that night because it was, you know, Saturday night right before Halloween. And I was doing a personal appearance at a private party with another friend's band doing some stuff of my own that night. So we couldn't play at night. So I, I told the promoter, well, unfortunately, we won't be able to play, you know, the night slots with Lynch Mob and all them because we have a gig that night. But I, we could probably come and do an earlier spot like five in the afternoon. So we agreed on that. We agreed on, you know, the amount of money that we're supposed to, you know, help him sell the tickets. And we, it's, we had a unique situation with us because, you know, and I don't want to sound 
conceded or were higher up than anybody else, but we're more of a more known band. So the, the promoter worked with us a little more and let us do a little bit less ticket sales um, for, a, you know, a, a spot than some of the other bands were having to do. So bottom line is I, he, he goes, okay. I said, well, who's the headliners? We still don't have a headliner yet. I'm like, well, look, dude, if you expect me to sell tickets, you're going to have to get a bigger headliners. I mean, you're talking, you went from Vince Neal, you know, you know, Sebastian Bach and Zach Wilde to, to just lynch mob now. And then he had mentioned maybe POD and trap. And I'm thinking, well, to my personal self, POD and traps, not even the same genre. People that are that want to come and see us are not going to want to go see POD or Trap. It's just not the same kind of music. It's not the same crowd. So I was a little worried about that. Um, so a week before the show, they, they announced, okay, yeah, we're going to have POD and we're going to have Trap. I'm like, okay, well, 5 o'clock, we'll do that, you know, I guess. Because what kind of music is POD? And Well, uh, you know, I, I think uh, POD is more of like a rap rock. I think they sound a little bit more like Rage Against the Machine type sort of a band. They're like a rap rock thing. Um but the bottom line is I just don't think that they're headliner material to, to pack an arena. I mean, this was a this was a big place. These guys spent thousands of dollars on radio advertisement. They spent $40,000 on a stage and light show. Um, <clears throat> I know what bands like Lynch Mob, P.O.D., and Trap charge, so they spent an enormous amount of money getting these three bands, and then they basically relied on the all, all the opening bands to sell tickets and stuff. Well, um, we... we <laughs> We get to the show, okay, We they put a whole thing out way in advance. Yes, yeah, Stonebreed plays at 5.15 to 5.45. This has been set for two weeks now or whatever, once they put the thing out. So we're telling all of our fans, you know, we play at 5.15, get there at 5, blah, 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 blah. So we get there. I got there first. I got there at like 3, 3.30 or something. And I, I'm backstage, and I can't even find anybody that works there. None of the promoters. No, nobody says shit to me. So I go in the green room. Me and my son show up. We go in the green room. We're hanging out. I look on the wall, and there's a piece of paper that says all the bands playing. It said Stonebreed at 4. Was it 4.30 or 4? 4.15? I don't know. It's like an hour before we, we were told that we were supposed to play. So I was like, well, shit, man. You know, my guys won't even be here till that time. I mean, you know. <laughs> because <laughs> my drummer was over setting up his drum set for the, for the, for the night gig that they had. So I called, I called my guys. I'm like, look, I don't know why, but I, you know, they bumped us up. You know, I'm not really sure why they bumped us up, but they bumped us up in whole hour. So you guys are going to have to get here earlier, man. So my drummer texts the bags like, well, dude, I'm still in my house, man. Even if I left now, I wouldn't make it till, you know, like 445 anyway. So I told my stage manager, go find whoever's running this shit, let them know. That we were told 5.15, there's just no way we could play until 5.15 because our drummer won't even be here. So our stage manager went over and talked to somebody. I don't know who he talked to. Came back and he's like, well, as soon as Orion gets here, they want to put you guys up because I guess they're losing money by the minute because nobody showed up to this thing. I mean, literally, it was it was empty. The crowd was light. <laughs> light? There was more people behind the stage than there were out front. <laughs> and, and that's because of the bands and the band's girlfriends. And that's it. There was, and I'm not even exaggerating. I, I probably counted 20 to 30 people in the audience at, at, at like three o'clock. So, and is that discouraging? I, I don't mean oh to yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like, I guess we all want to, like last night I went on the comedy store in front of, I don't know, maybe 25 people. Right. I would love it if it was the 200. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you go to this festival, like, what's the mindset of, fuck, man, is it, there's nobody here? There's nobody there. 
and they want us to play an hour earlier because they're losing money by the minute because I, I evidently, uh, you know, the fact that they didn't bring anybody in and then they knew it. So I guess they were, you know, written security guys by the hour. They were written the venue for by, by the hour or something. I'm not sure, but I, I, I started hearing them talking in the green room, some of the production people in there about having to shut the show down early because they're losing money. Um, I heard one guy back there complaining about he was the guy that had the back line and he's like, I didn't get paid my full amount of money for the back line. If, if I don't get the rest of my money, I'm pulling all my shit off stage. So we're hearing all this talk behind the stage. Um, another person who's kind of famous on Metal Sludge, the Fifi LaRue band. I don't know if you know Fifi LaRue. I am. He's the but house Fifi, painter to the stars. Yeah, so Fifi was on scheduled to play. Well, he got up and did like two or three songs. I thought it was two and I was corrected. I think they did three. And they pulled him off the stage. Really? And I'm like, you know, well, what's going on with that? But I, I didn't know what the deal was. So then another band plays. And then uh, 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 friends of ours in another band called Angelus get up. And they played two songs. And they got pulled off the stage after two songs. So then I'm really wondering what the fuck's going on, you know? So we, we go to get on the stage. And we weren't even sure. The guy's like, are you guys next? I'm like, I don't know. My drummer just showed up. I mean, he literally just walked up to the backstage. The guy's like, oh, Stonebreed, you guys ready? We're like, well, I guess, you know. So we all got, got together. I guess, I guess we're on now. They, they want us to go on right now, you know, so. And are your drummers, drums even set up? Well, we were using the house kit. Okay. And, 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 um, and he, you know, my drummer, he brings his own cymbals, his own pedals, and his own snare at every show i mean any musician knows that if you go and do a show and you use somebody else's back line as a drummer you bring your own cymbals your own snare your own your own um pedals sometimes your own stool and always your own sticks so we were rushed on the stage and we get up there and we start playing we play two songs and then they they pull us off and my stage manager's like they they want they they they, they cut the power and i turn around I'm like what's going on my stage manager like they want to cut you guys. I'm like, well, why? He goes, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out right now. So my drummer's like, well, what the fuck? Why are they cutting us? Nobody seemed to know what was going on. And so at this point, I already see him cut Fifi LaRue. I always see him cut Angelus. I already hear him in the backstage talking about we're losing money. The, 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 the backline guys threatening to pull his gear off, you know, all the backline. So I looked out in the crowd. There was literally 10 people out there. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go. I mean, we don't, you know, we, <laughs> what's the fucking point, man? You know, we played two songs. Let's just go. So I threw my mic down and I didn't throw it down, but set my mic down and walked off the stage. Well, apparently a drummer was mad. Um, the rumor on metal sludge is he kicked over the, the drum kit or whatever, but he didn't. He had his own cymbals. He got mad, took his own cymbal, threw it on the ground. Um, and you heard a, a crash on the video. And then my son goes to my bass player and says, what's going on? What's happening? And, and, and Johnny says, I don't know. I think the promoter ran out of money. <laughs> that's what we were told, that they were running out of money in the right. back. So somehow somebody construed that into we didn't pay our money order. <laughs> so I don't know how they got the from promoter probably ran out of money that we didn't pay with the money. Because, you know, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Who, who, who pays a, to, to play a pay to play with a money order? You have to pay the, you know, before you go on stage, they always ask you for the cash. It's got to be cash. Nobody takes checks or money orders in this business. That's ridiculous. So, and, you know, somebody made that up. They said that, oh, Orion kicked over the opening band's drum kit. It was a house kit. It was his own symbol. Uh, 
guys didn't pay your money order for the pay to play spot spot. So they kicked you off the stage. And so that's how things get twisted around and misconstrued on, on metal sludge. You know, it went from what I just told you what really happened to, uh, you know, we, we didn't pay our money. We got kicked off stage. Our drummer beat up the other uh, band members drum set. Uh, I heard that uh, somebody else said our guitar player got in a fist fight with one of the promoters afterwards. I know that shit's true. I mean, you know, so I don't know where all that came from. But the the video, um, you know, it shows what happened and it shows my bass player talking to my son and it shows you can hear the cymbal crash. But people who really have it out for me and Stonebreed that really just, you know, want to do anything they can to make us look bad. That's what they do. They, they, they just try to scour stuff to make us look bad. I mean, they got a whole Facebook page called fans of Stonebreed Texas, where every video they can find of us, where there's nobody in front of the stage, they post it on there to try to make us look bad. You know, they won't find the video of us. We played with firehouse two weeks ago or snow two weeks ago, where there's 500 people in the crowd, but they'll find the one we played at the Bakersfield show. And where there's two people in the audience where the indie stock music festival, where there's 10 people up front. So that's exactly what happened on that show and uh did it was funny because after what, what that happened the promoter came to me and apologized and in the parking lot it's like man we're sorry we, you know they pulled you because we are losing money but they were supposed to pull the band after you but the guy that wasn't sure whose band was even up put the wrong band up if you guys want to get back up and play go ahead and do your last four songs we're like you know what fuck that you guys have pulled us off in front of the 10 people my guys got a show tonight we all got to go anyway all of our shit's already in the truck we're out of here we're not staying so we left and like, because these music festivals, some of these metal music festivals are like, uh, what's the festival, Rock and Skull? Oh yeah. Uh, were you guys? Did you guys have anything to do with that? You know, not this last year. We we've done we've done it. Um, well, we, not the Rock and Skull, but they're 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 affiliated with another one called Skull Fest in Nebraska. Same guy puts it on, but we did that one two years in a row, but. I heard the horror stories about the Rock and Skull this year, man. <laughs> so yeah, basically, uh, almost a similar type of situation as the, the show Carlos just described: yeah. uh, bands dropping out, promoters uh, kind of disappearing in the weeds. Yeah. Uh, how do you know? Uh, you know, as a comic, I got to deal with bookers and agents and managers who uh, most of are pretty untrustworthy. You get a phone call from Idaho: "Hey, we want you to play our festival." How do you know you're not getting scammed? Well, you got to do some research. You know, you have to look at, look at, have they done this before? Who are they? You know, uh, do they have a good reputation or bad reputation? Uh, are they willing to send you 50% of your guarantee right now up front? Or is this, you know, are they going to give you this shit? Oh, I got to wait a week. I'm waiting on this. If they hesitate or then you can tell right away they don't got the funds, <laughs> you know, basically. <Right. clears throat> so, you know, you just got to weed through it just like any other thing. I mean, it, it's uh. It's funny because like on that indie stock thing, they sent me a contract at first and I didn't sign it because I didn't know who the headliners were. And I wasn't going to sign it until I knew who the headliners were. And then when they uh, moved it to the next date, they sent me another contract and I never did sign it because I told them straight out, I'm not signing until I know who the headliners are. And they never, they never told me who the headliners were until a week before the concert. So I never even signed a contract. So, but normally we have a contract that, that we sign and, and, but Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. We had a contract for our Bakersfield show and the promoter ran out after the show and didn't pay none of us. And we're still trying to get our pay out of him. And I mean, you know, what am I going to do? Spend $400 to get $800 to hire a lawyer? I mean, you know, dude owes us 800 bucks. What am I going to do? You know, hire a lawyer to, to take him to court over 800 bucks. It's just right. not worth it. You know, even though I have a contract, I would win. It's just, 
it's not worth my time and energy to go to a courthouse and file the papers and go through all that shit. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely frustrating when you, you know, you show up to a festival and, and you know, I thought, look, look, man, any stock music festival, they got advertisement all over three different radio stations. They're advertising everywhere. I mean, lynch mob should pull in a crowd. POD should pull in a crowd. Trap should pull in a crowd. I, you know, I was thinking at least, at least 500 people, you know, they were telling me, thousand to two thousand people the promoters i would think lynch mob uh, could do that uh on its own almost uh well like i said they you know they didn't they did it on the radio but they they didn't promote it long enough you know with, with only like two weeks notice when they finally got all the bands together and stuff so you know it's some you know and i hate to say this but sometimes these fanboys think they're promoters and they want to put a show together you know and they they, they just kind of don't know what they're doing you know so i don't know in my opinion I wouldn't have spent money on three headliners. I would have spent more money on one good, solid headliner to make sure I had a crowd come in. Like I, I would think, like someone like a Piercy. Yeah, yeah. You know who uh, I enjoy his solo band very yeah. much. Piercy's good. I mean, he he just pretty much plays rap. Maybe throws in a Judas Priest cover, and uh, you know, it looks like he's having fun to a degree. And uh, but like, do all the guys in Stonebreed have regular like nine to five jobs? Not exactly. I'm the only one that really has a, a real job, I guess you'd call it. Um, you know, it's no secret I own a meat company. You know, it's been slanted all over Metal Sludge as well. But I uh, I have a company where um, I got a couple of guys that work for me, and I, got, I own a couple of trucks, and they go out, and they, they basically sell, like, steaks, chicken, and seafood packages during the daytime. It's just it's a, it's a food distribution company I own that's fortunate for me that – if I do have to go off for two weeks or at a time or whatever, my wife can run the business. She can do my deposits, go to the bank and stuff. And then my guys are all self-sufficient. Now, my bass player, he doesn't have like a real job. He's a, a full-time musician, but he plays in like six different bands. And I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, he, he, I mean, this guy every night plays somewhere. He plays in cover bands, tribute bands. He plays in a worship band on Sundays at the church. Um, Johnny's a full-time musician. Uh, Orion is an actor, so he gets jobs sporadically. He doesn't have like an actual job job where he has to go to a nine to five or nothing like that. I do know he does a lot of selling on stuff on eBay. I don't know if it's like, a, I think he does like comic books and cartoon figurines and stuff like that. He's got some sort of online business that he does. I mean, and, it's a uh, jungle out there. Yeah. You got to make money. And then uh, our guitar player, Brandon, he he's actually got a pretty good career of doing guitar teaching. He's got a lot of students and he does a lot of Skype stuff. And a lot of times we'll be out on a road or on a tour or at a hotel somewhere. And he'll have to, he'll be like, Oh man, give me an hour. I got to do a Skype lesson real quick or something, you know? And so that's why I got these guys because I, I ran into a problem with my old band members where they weren't able to tour. Like you know, I'd get two week tour somewhere and Oh, I can't tour. I got a job. So I had to find guys that, you know, make money, but can still tour. <laughs> Now here, you know, we're on Instagram Live right now. We are we have a metal sludge. Uh, I want you guys to know what Carlos goes through with some of these people. <laughs> we have uh, a man by the name of Mojo, and this is his uh, response to the story you just told. Now I'm not clowning you. I no, don't. no. Tr trust me. I'm 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 ready for it. <laughs> I'm not ready for it. I am reading this. Uh, uh, you know, but I just want the people who don't go on metal sludge or who don't go on reddit people who are just fans of either Stonebreed or, or the 80s genre or my comedy what we go through 
Like Carlos busts his ass off. You you gotta give him this. Whether you like Stonebreed, whether you like Carlos, the guy fucking works his ass off. He has a nine to five job. You know, when you become a fan of Stonebreed, can they go on Stonebreed.com? Yeah. Is that uh, pretty much the go-to site? Yeah, we have a website. We're all over Facebook, Instagram, you know, all that stuff. We're everywhere. Twitter, um, you know, Asianhookers.com, all that shit. Uh, GhettoGaggers.net. Sorry, we have a 16-year-old here. I got to, you know. Yeah, but I'm sure you've seen it all. But So this is a comment from Mojo. Uh, Carlos is full of shit. You're playing, in quotes, an arena show, and your bandmates still scheduled other shows within hours. They moved you up one hour. If your guys scheduled shows that close, they're idiots. You guys are such a fucking joke. You watched the two other bands before you play two songs and get yanked, but we're totally shocked when it happened to you. Your response? Um, well, the... The show that my guys had already booked, like I said, was already previously booked before the Indie Stock Festival. That's when they moved the Indie Stock Festival. Remember I told you they moved it to a week later, and that's when I explained to them that we couldn't play at night. We had to play during the daytime because my guys already had a show that night. Uh, even though it was an arena, it wasn't really an I mean, I mean, it's called a sports arena, but it wasn't really an arena. And like I said, when we showed up with 10 people there, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a draw anyway. So, um, you know, you can call me full of shit all you want. That's what happened what's what happened you know whatever i you know right well i just wanted <laughs> people to know oh yeah like, yeah yeah. well that's the kind of stuff i get on metal sludge no matter what i i mean here's the deal i could book a show at the madison square gardens with the fucking all all members of the beatles and bring them back <laughs> to life and somebody would have been like yeah you suck you guys couldn't even sell out giant stadium or whatever you right. know or, or, or you know whatever i mean it's just whatever we do or say there's going to be a, we're always going to have a haters <laughs> well i think cat williams said it the best if you have 10 haters find an 11th which go. i kind of like that uh i like that you know someone who, <clears throat> who's done stand-up for almost 20 years uh you know, I went into it going, I want everyone to think I'm funny. I could play a show with 100 people in it. If there's one person not laughing, I, w- I would get sad. I would like, well, yeah. it wasn't that one person laughing. And now it's like, hey, I had 99 other people laughing. Not fuck the other person. You still want them to like you. But right. is it the same mindset musically? Like, hey, I'm here. There's 30 people at the Rainbow or the Whiskey. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know... We're, we're, we've been in that situation a lot. I mean, we've, we've played in front of thousands of people. We've played in front of hundreds of people. We've played in front of five people. I mean, you know, but that's what we do. We're musicians. We don't go up there and go, oh, well, there's only 10 people here. Let's only give it a half-ass show. I mean, I, I, I got up. I took a shower. I put a clean shirt on. I drove all the fucking way down here. I'm going to give it 100% no matter what. You know, I don't care if there's 10 people, 50 people, or 100 people. Um, but that just goes back to that's what I, I do. I, I love to perform, and that's why I do this. I don't think I want to become famous. I'm not doing this to go make a lot of money. There's no money in what I do right now. Um, so I do this for the mere joy of performing and getting out there and having fun. Uh, so I'm going to put on this uh, performance no matter what, how many people are out there. It doesn't matter. Well, I, mean, I think Paul Stanley said it the best. You know, you think Kiss was never not famous, but they were uh, struggling uh, in the early 70s. Uh, he said they did shows in New York in front of literally three people. Yeah. Their makeup was half off. They didn't know what they were doing. And Paul Stanley said he would just pick a point in the back of the room and imagine he was he would stare at it literally and imagine he was at Madison Square Garden. And, you know, 
couple of years later, they were. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's easy to criticize people. Uh, I, it's an old saying I always refer to. If you think you can, you will. If you think yeah. you can't, you won't. You know, so. And if you don't, you teach. That's right. Because uh, if you go on, uh, it's so much work to promote these days. Oh, yeah. You, you know, people make fun of your flyers all the time. Uh, saying that the or, or I noticed the album cover uh, for Heart of Stone, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people go, it looks like uh, you know a fourth grader drew it on uh, I don't know whatever the at Microsoft Excel or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you put an album cover out, see how hard to, don't put don't even put a fucking album out. Try and make an album cover, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, it just it drives me batty <laughs> when people. Well, you know, I used to I, I used to feel that way a little bit, and it, it used to bug me. And you know, I, I've been known to say on Metal Sludge, it doesn't matter. I don't care what people say about me, but it's not that I don't care what people say about me. I do care what people say or think about our band, but it's like this: I'm not going to lose sleep over it. If you don't like our band, or you sit there and call us full of shit, and you suck, and you're this and that. That doesn't bother me. I mean, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Sure, I care what you think or say about me. Sure, I would like you to like our band, but, man, I'm not going to lose sleep over it, especially on a forum like Metal Sludge where I don't even know who I'm talking to. I mean, you know, everybody on there, I mean, you, you're on there as yourself. People know that you're Earl Skakel on there. Yeah, I mean, before I'll be honest, in full disclosure, when, uh, you know, I, Brent Fitz, uh, my uh, great drumming friend, uh, drummed for slash and now he's with whitford holmes uh you know he's he's he was with you in union with bruce kulik and john karabi uh you know he introduced me to metal sludge and you know it's, it's about 1998 uh and uh i was under the name of vinnie st kulik uh <laughs> for the first couple of years because i i was a lurker i did not want my real name to be uh you know uh out there just yet but then i was like fuck it why hide who i am on right. here uh i'm not a musician so i don't credit you know i i can't say your guitar player sucks because i don't play guitar right um anyone who picks up a guitar is better than i am i can't say you're a bad vocalist because i don't sing yeah. so you're better than i am uh so uh now comically i'll i'll give my opinion uh, you know on stand-ups but uh you know i just really want people to realize the amount of work whether you're an unknown artist a known artist or anything in between like probably me and carlos are it's a lot of fucking work yeah it is <laughs> and you know i mean it's a lot of work if you're famous but you don't have to get up to do a real job and you know as much shit as stevie rochelle gets the mm -hmm. creator of metal sludge yeah. uh, who has given us all a forum to talk about a music genre that is um, I wouldn't say waning, but it's it's not exactly the most popular. Uh, you know, we owe him a, a big thank you for at least you have a a form uh, to promote your band. You know, it might not be the the ideal way in terms of uh, the <laughs> Some people's opinions, right? But you know, it's there. Yeah. And uh, what's next for Stonebreed? What is next? December 29th, Bullet Boys, right? Uh, we're playing with the Bullet Boys and Frank Hannon from Tesla um, down in San Diego at Brick by Brick. And there's another local band on the show down there from from down there. They're called Sled, but that's going to be uh, December 29th with the Bullet Boys. Um, then December 30th, we're doing a show at Paladino's. Legendary place uh, legendary in Reseda. Paladino's in Reseda. 
we're playing there. And then um, February 23rd, we're back at home at the Whiskey with, with the Bullet Boys again. Now, um, who's in the Bullet Boys now? Uh, Mark Torin? Um, and yeah. then three other, I mean, I don't mean to be dismissive, but three other dudes. Yeah. Three other dudes. <laughs> I, I hate to say that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I grew up, you know, Mick Sveda and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Lonnie Vincent and, you know, I, I'm not sure who's, uh, actually Brent Fence was in the bullet boys for a, a quick minute. Um, they've, uh, Stonebreed's lineup has been pretty consistent. Yeah. For the last three years. Do you still keep in touch with the original members? Um, no. Okay. Can I use your restroom one second? I hate to do this, but I've got to go really bad. To go to the bathroom. I'll interview your son. Right, Take the mic over. We're almost done, but uh, the bathroom's right there. Um, now, 16 years old. All right, we're going to stop the Instagram Live video. Uh, right. Thank you guys for listening on Instagram Live. This episode will be out uh, in about 30 minutes. Uh, we have Carlos Cruz's son. Give us your name. Uh, what's up, guys? My name's Christian. And... Uh, has the son of someone in the music business do you uh do you i mean obviously i know you root for your dad but is it do you look at your dad and go dad uh, do you encourage him you know do you how do you feel about his his music career i mean i feel a lot of different things actually to be honest like of course since i'm a fan of heavy metal music which kind of is close to one another it helps me in a lot of ways you know i, I got to be backstage at Ozfest meets Nofest last year like he said you know if it wasn't in a band it wouldn't have known ira and that wouldn't have happened so it helps me in a lot of ways but but you know like since i'm not into music like, like i'm more in a metal he's in the rock you know like i do appreciate van halen leonard skinner but uh like they're just not my cup of tea, you know. It's like, but you're in the Metallica. Your dad's more into like Aerosmith. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like I do appreciate that type of music. You know, I love classic rock, like Queen. Literally, everyone goes crazy for Queen. You know, I, I, me and my friends play Bohemian Raps and we just sing along to it because we love that song so much. But I also do like really like what my dad does because I just think it's cool that at his age that he still just does what he wants to do for fun. You know, he has kids, he has a job, he has a wife, he has a family, you know, and just lives his life. Right. Uh, does it bother you? Like, uh, like when you go, do you go on metal sludge yourself? No, I don't. <laughs> I actually remember asking my dad, can I make a metal sludge again? He's like, no, you should. Uh, but like, but you've heard of the, like some of the, like, uh, un unfavorable reviews or, or whatever. Like, yeah. Uh, does that bother you at all? Like, like, Hey man, this is my dad. Like, not, not really because I personally myself, like my, basically my, like I never been a popular kid at school, but I've like, I've always been like up, up until high school, I've been pretty much bullied. And, you know, as a young child, you don't have to cope with that. You don't have to deal with bullying. You know, do you mind me asking like, what do they bully you about? Like just, just I, I'm not a normal kid, you know. I don't like. I don't like. Like, I mean, I do like some rap. But I don't like rap music like like they do. I don't like to party. I don't like to pop pills. You know, I don't like to drink. I don't like to do any of that. And I get picked on for it. Like, oh, like basically, I get picked on because I'm not like them. Like being square, and like I'm not saying you're square, but like I've never had a drug or drink in my life. Uh, it's, it's tough. Like, uh, you know, I can't imagine what you go through. Like, 
you know, I mean, back when I was your age, there was no cell phones or selfies or sexting or whatever, like, uh, because you're trying to live a, a, a clean lifestyle that you get basically made fun of for being a good kid. Exactly. Because some of your friends are into, uh, you know, uh, possible drugs and stuff like that. I'm basically the only person in my friend group that actually likes heavy metal. Uh, I'll admit some of my friends do smoke. Not to, not to. No, no, I'm not trying to like, you know. Not to cinch on them, but they do. Uh, I don't really, none of my friends really do drugs. Like, they don't, not that I know of. Uh, Maybe one or two of them drink. Not avidly, but I mean, I don't want them influence me just because they're my friends, you know. Just, I don't judge them because it's their life. They do them. I do me. And that's just kind of our boundaries. Now, this kid at 16 years old is fucking smarter than most adults I know. Uh Cause it's brutal, especially uh, you know. I, I sound so old, but compared to you, I am old. Uh, you know, back when I was your age, there was no internet, so you couldn't be bullied online. You know, nowadays, if you put up a picture, you at your, one of your dad's shows, or just with a date or whatever on Facebook, people could. Oh, this girl looks like an animal. This guy looks like this. You know, the the online bullying is like it's brutal. And uh, I mean, I was bullied when I was in high school. You know, just. I have a big head, uh, you know, and the kids would call me Elephant Man, and I would fucking cry a lot. Uh, but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, be like Carlos's kid. You can be cool and not do drugs and drink. So, uh, you know, you don't have to fall into peer pressure, and, you know, just if you are being bullied, talk to someone about it, and, uh, you know, this guy's a good kid. Yeah, yeah. And you think... That's why I brought him, man. But you think listening to, like, Metallica and, and some of the music you listen to, you'd be a stoner and, you know, uh, you know some of the Metallica's fan base and bands like them, Megadeth, you know, they might be into uh, powdered refreshments and whatnot, but you could still like that music and not be a degenerate. Yeah. So, so like, I've never uh, done this before. Uh, I guess you've, you've been a, uh, a co-guest of sorts. Do you, uh, should I, can you give out his Twitter or like, no, I, do you want to give out your Twitter now before you do, let me just say this. I've got some wacky fans. I don't care. Carl, your dad has wacky you fans. wackier fans. I don't care. So where can people, fans, well, deep oh, down, deep down they are Okay, good. in my opinion. Uh, where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram if you want to give that out? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, it would be at themondo117 just because that's like my, I, I'm a huge gamer, so that's like my gamer tag on Xbox. Uh, for Facebook, it's just Christian Bates. My profile picture will literally Mondo, again, my nickname. And that's pretty much it. You know, my Snapchat is kind of personal for my friends yeah, and yeah. stuff. So. Yeah, don't give that but out. But for Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, Again, Christian Bates or at the Mondo. Can you spell that for my fan base? Uh, so for Twitter and Instagram, it's gonna be at like at symbol, uh the, which I'm pretty sure all of you know how to spell, but if you well, don't uh, spell you, it for you. Don't say that. T H E for you, my fans. T H E, M O N D O, one one seven, and then uh, Facebook will be Christian Bates. C H R I S T I A N B A T E S. And if we can get your dad back, uh, the mic. Uh, hey, glad and, to be back. <laughs> and be respectful uh, to the kid. Like, you know, yeah. just 
None of you metal sludgers be going on there hassling my kid. Yeah, don't say, hey, your dad's I'll this or that. I'll track you down, man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm just asking the, specifically the metal sludge crowd, and I love metal sludge. We have another uh, comment. Oh, great. But, but, uh, I hope it's from my, my favorite dude chick on there. This is from uh, Down to Whiskey. Oh, damn it. I was hoping it would be that M Michelle, Michelle-ish dude. Well, I'll refresh, and maybe uh, <laughs> uh, this is from Down to Whiskey. Oh, uh, great. The only way Stonequeef would have known <laughs> what would have required they show up uh, is more than 15 minutes before their set time. Uh, I think they're saying uh, if you guys would have gotten there a little earlier, you might have known. I was there. I was there at 3 o'clock. <laughs> so down to whiskey, take that. Uh, yeah, I called my drummer. He's like, oh, I'm still at home. I, I was going to well, I could make it in that time. So, you know, it is what it is, you know. Uh, what can I say? We had two shows in one day, you know? All right. Well, uh, first of all, I want to uh, thank Carlos and his son for coming down I here. I appreciate you inviting us, buddy. Um, because I know it's even driving from, well, I don't want to give out the the intersection you gave me around where you live, but, you, you know, even a 20-minute drive in L.A. Yeah, is yeah. a 40-minute drive. 40-minute drive, uh, yeah. And uh, so I do appreciate you coming on. I, I Honestly, I think I, I uh, uh, GPSed it or whatever. I think it's 4.5 miles, and it took us about uh, 29 minutes to drive. 4.5 miles. I mean, that's crazy. Like, in L.A., like... Uh, you know, I tell people, uh, like when I see a rat playing at the House of Blues in Anaheim, it's like, oh, that's a 40-minute drive. It's not that bad. But to get to that Anaheim House of Blues, it's uh, yeah. that's an hour and a half. Hour and a half, yeah. Uh, at the minimum. So uh, I want everyone to become fans of Stonebreed, or at least give them a listen. Uh, Heart of Stone, iTunes. We're getting ready to shoot a video. Yeah, but, well, let me get, you know, when bands shoot a video nowadays – is it to put up on YouTube? I mean, or like, where else do you play a video? Yeah, basically YouTube. And then you just, you know, put it on your website and then, you know, use it in our EPK, um, our electronic press kit. And then basically um, there's a couple of other platforms out there now. There's a place called uh, My my uh, MTV Jam, or My my Jam, my Jam TV that plays and uh, plays music videos like MTV used to. Um, there's a couple of formats like that. I know that uh, at home, I don't have cable. I have one of those Amazon Fire Sticks, but uh, uh, one of my apps is the My Jam TV, so I'm able to watch that on TV. So, um, you know, just wherever we can put it, you know, basically we'll we'll, we'll submit it everywhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, it'll be on My Jam TV. It'll be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Metal Sludge. Metal Sludge. You, you know I'll put one up there immediately. Oh, I, I mean, I'm so... And a lot of times I go on Metal Sludge anymore. It's almost like it, it's, it's just entertainment. It's a joke to me. I, I know it's, like, it's like I know they get mad when I put my, my flyers and I promote my shows. And I do it on purpose. I'm like, all right, who can I piss off today? Because they, they've been, you know, fucking with me for the last eight years. So I just kind of try to just jab it back a little bit once in a while. You know, like, all right, here's a flyer. Here, choke on this, fuckers. You know, uh, and it, it's funny because I, I literally watch people lose their minds over this shit. I mean, you know... I, I I got people, one dude even said, wished me a death threat. I'm like, for what? Because I come on here and post my band. You don't like my band. You you wish I was dead. That's a little extreme, don't you think, buddy? But it's just, it's 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 funny like that, that these, those people will literally lose their minds on there, man. Every time I post something up there, you know, of, of a band, or us playing anywhere or us doing anything, and then I'll see 30 posts about it. But. There is one guy on there that has about 10 different fucking nims or names or whatever you call them. And, uh, handles. I think. Handles. Yeah. He's, 
he's got like 10 different handles on there and he's just really got it out for us. So he's, he's always talking bad about us on all 10 of his handles to make it look like there's more people talking bad about us. Basically. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I first was, uh, you know, I became aware of you right. through, through uh, Metal Sludge. And I thought, all right, this guy seems like he'd be really annoying. Uh, just because you you would, you know, you'd go on a thread, I don't know, that had something to do with, uh, I don't know, Rad or whatever. And, and you guys, you would pump in a flyer and like it would come up pretty big on the screen. I'm like, yeah. But then after a while, it became endearing to me. I'm like, you know, I like this guy's well, passion. In my defense... You know, and I'm I'm a little computer illiterate. I don't know how to make the the the, the thing smaller, or I would. I mean, I don't mean to mean to be this grand, but that's the size flyer that I use, and I put them on Facebook. And then when I, they don't look that big on Facebook. And then when I, you know, copy and paste the URL and put it on Metal Sludge, it, it takes up to half the page. And you know, I don't even know how to, to to make them smaller. I probably would, but that's just another thing they get mad about on on metal sludge i mean it's like i in, infiltrated their little 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 sandbox and you know what you i think your son has one more i want to i want to ask a question of both of you just uh -oh. just, just because because you guys are talking about metal sludge what is up with 45 to 60 year old people maybe younger maybe older adding like 12 year old children once again he uh, you know uh, well i think it's um i i can only speak through the comedy world and and uh, Metal Sludge doesn't really uh, have a lot of stand-up, uh, nor should it's a music site, but I think it's really people in that age range are bummed out that they see people uh, doing what they d didn't have the balls to do. Uh, and certainly not everyone. Uh, and everyone has the right to an opinion. Uh, you know, if you look at some of my comedy videos on YouTube, it's this guy sucks. It's your opinion to say that, but I'd like to see you do stand-up. And, which by the way we are going to be checking out all your stuff <laughs> well i i'll be honest with you i, I mean it's uh, some clips are i don't have a large youtube presence just because i find in the world of stand-up what happens i think it's the complete opposite in music where if you want someone to hear one of your songs you put it up on youtube and they're like i want to see that live but with jokes if they see it on youtube it's like well i don't have to why go live? i just yeah. heard the joke so it's kind of a weird uh Although we're in similar industries in terms of the work and the promotional aspects of it, uh, you, you know, a lot of comics don't like putting their material on YouTube just because people are like, all right, well, I don't have to go to the comedy store tonight. Um, but to answer your question, I, I just think it's a lot of it's not all, but a lot of it's haters who just are like, well, I'm stuck in my cubicle while Carlos is playing a music festival uh, or, you know, playing the whiskey or, but you know what, you know, that's more than what the guy in the cubicle is doing. Uh, you know, maybe he was in a high school band or whatever, and, uh, he gave up to he got some girl pregnant and had to quit. Uh, you have kids, you didn't give up. Uh, you know, I, I don't have any kids that I know of, uh, but you know, uh, don't, you know, give people a chance, you know, go on stonebreed.com. And for those of you who think this is a, a, a powder puff interview, I literally have never met Carlos until he sat down on my couch. Uh, so I have no reason to be nice to him or be mean to him or his child. Uh, nice couch, by the way. I really, really uh, like it. Well, nice some, <laughs> some famous people have been on this couch. Stephen Piercy sat right where you are. Uh, you're a little young to appreciate who he is, but it was weird to have my favorite singer of all time uh, you know on my couch uh, and i you know a lot I, of people I, I can relate Corey taylor 
You know? Right. It would be like if you got to interview Corey Taylor. Uh, like, And a lot of people say no. You know, most people, you know, but I'm fearless. I'll ask anyone to be on. And, uh, you know, I'll ask Metallica to be on, knowing that they probably would say rather no. go on Eddie Trunk's show. You know, I get it. He's a bigger, uh, you know, he's a larger audience. But, uh, you know, you don't get in life unless you ask. So, uh, but to go back to your question from eight minutes ago, um, I just think in that age range, it's, uh, you know, people are fairly established in their careers, in their jobs, and, you know, they're married, they're, you know, they play golf once a week, they're they're stuck in a pattern, so that when they see someone like Carlos or, or me in our age range, in our 40s or whatever we are, I mean, I'm 49, uh, they're like, wow, they're still trying. And I think it bothers them because they stop trying. So, you know, I just, I just think it's funny to see people that old that probably have kids that are, that are my age and they're acting like that. And I'm like, jeez. You should see some of the photoshops they've done about your dad. <laughs> right? Oh, it's great. The, the hamburgers. He doesn't. Uh, he he does. He's never been on metal sludge. So he doesn't know. He you know he sees me wearing a metal sludge shirt. He hears me talk about it at home once in a while, like to my wife, and we joke about it. it you know, uh, I got to tell my wife, oh, you should see the photoshop they did about me today. Those guys at metal sludge really love me. <laughs> you know, and we joke about it. You know, and so he just hears a little bit about that. But to go back to what he said, I, I think you're right. I mean, on metal sludge alone, I mean that that. that that's like our our uh, the chick at our record label. She was asking me about that. She's like, why you know why why does everybody just clown on you guys so much on Metal Sludge? And I, I had to explain to her that's what Metal Sludge is, that's what it was founded on, that's what they do. You know, it's almost a a, a form of acceptance to to be clowned on on there. You know, and uh, you know, I have to be honest with you, man. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, I don't see any other bands at our level and what i mean by our level we we don't have a hit song we never had a hit song in the 80s we're not like a warrant or a you know but we have just as much attention on metal sludge as, as any of these other bands do yeah and we're and you know and, and, and we're nobody you know we we are literally nobody compared to la guns or bullet boys or warrant or these bands that were famous had hits on mtv you know and and, and all that and then I look on them like, well, what other bands do they talk about? You know, do they talk about any other local bands from Indianapolis or Chicago? No, none. I don't see any other bands on Sludge being talked about. A uh, couple of times, somebody will, hey, my, you know, my band did a new video and they'll pop their video up or something like that. But um, for some reason, we've became like the poster child to to, to laugh and, and hate on us on Metal Sludge. And, and I think it is, you're right. There's a, there's a majority of the people on there that are, that are in their 40s 50s that i think like you said you know they 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 gave up their dreams they gave up their their ambitions and 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 you know they they're sitting around with the fat wife and then no and no no job and you know they were like fuck man you know this this guy's the same age as me and he's out doing this and having fun and da da da, da. well yeah, that sucks man fuck him you know or there's you know the 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 musicians on there who worked their whole life to get somewhere and they never they never made it so they just gave up you know and now they're mad about it because you know why should somebody at my age go out and have fun and be able to play festivals and do shows and be able to travel and tour and all this kind of stuff when they 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 gave up their deal you know and so there's there's different people and then I think there's people that don't really know the band and don't really even have heard of us they just see that everybody else jumps on the bandwagon makes fun of us so they want to be cool too and Oh, yeah, let me go ahead and make my my joke about Stonebreed too. You know, I don't know the band; I've never heard of them. But everybody else is making fun of them, so let me jump on the bandwagon and and do that too. So, but then again, on the other hand, I've had so many people 
come up to me at shows. Hey, man, dude, I just want to tell you, I think what you're doing is great, man. Fuck the haters at Metal Sludge, dude. They're just jealous, da 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 I've had people come up to me and say, you know, hey, uh, you know, I've never heard of your band. And, you know, I, I went on Metal Sludge and found out about you. So I'm curious. I want to see what you guys are about. You guys ain't that bad. I think you guys are good. You know, so we get a lot of, uh, you know, attention from Metal Sludge. I mean, you never heard of us till Metal Sludge. And here I am sitting on your couch. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it works, man. And, you know, people make fun of me on there and they this and that. But I don't care. It, it, I, I look at, I say with a grain of salt, you know, I, I, uh, I laugh about it. Me and my wife laugh at all the jokes and the, and the, and some of it's funny. I mean, like that chick Bianca, she cracks me up. You know, she makes some pretty f funny posts about me, man. And uh, some of it, I think it's pretty pretty hilarious and creative. And and I and I I admire the fact that people will literally spend hours of their day making a post, making a meme, looking up videos of me, trying to do anything they can to make me look bad. But then, what's that say about them? That they spend an hour of their day to try to make me look bad when I, I take two seconds of my day and look at the post and go, okay, cool. Whatever next, <laughs> you know? So it's all fun and games to me, man. I, I don't, like I said, I don't care what they say about me. I do care. I just, I'm not losing sleep over it. It's not like I'm bummed about it or I go in depression moods and people are always talking about me going on a meltdown. I'm like, I don't know where you get that. I've never that a meltdown on metal sludge in my life, <laughs> you know. So I don't know. Yeah. I take it. I take. I roll with the punches because I got tough skin, brother. You uh, listen to be a, a mu musician or a comic or an actor, especially in Hollywood these days, it's yeah. out of control. Uh, you have to have tough skin. You know, I'm. You know, my metal sludge is Reddit, and like, uh, you know, I'm like you. Does it bother me? Sure. You know, when you try as hard as we do to make yeah. it or, or whatever, to whatever, and whatever making it is to you, to some it's platinum record, to some it's selling out the whiskey, to some it's, you know, just playing right. the Paladinos with your friends. Uh, you know, we all respond to criticism. Everyone wants mm -hmm. everyone to love their band. Uh, yeah, it's probably about girls for some people. I mean, you're married, so. Yeah, it's you know, still about uh, girls. Yeah, but but it's still yeah. I mean, I like looking at them. Yeah, you could still look. I mean, chicks equals dicks That's at shows. Right. As the great, uh, uh, well, I, she doesn't like it when I mention her name, but uh, you know, I used to date the uh, female manager from Motorhead, and uh, oh, cool. You know, she would always tell me, you know, you want chicks at your shows because chicks equals dicks. There you go. Who, <laughs> you know, guys want to be where the girls are. So, That's right. uh, um, so just where can people, where are you located on the social media world? Is it at Stonebreed? Uh, yeah, at Stonebreed, basically everywhere. I mean, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, it's actually Facebook official. Of course, we got a website. You can also look at our EPK, which is stonebreedepk.com. Um, is it stonebreed.com? Uh, yeah, yeah, just stonebreed.com or stonebreedepk.com. Um, stonebreedstore.com you know just we're just basically stonebreed you can find us anywhere and uh, Heart of Stone once again it's Heart the new album the new album it's on iTunes, iTunes Amazon. Amazon just check it out yeah you know, iTunes they have uh, I think it's a minute and 30 clips now of songs or uh, you can go on Metal Sludge because I'm pretty sure I've posted every song on there almost so far I'm gonna <laughs> I mean how many people would post you know free songs you know 
to get you to buy their album. Just at least go on metalsludge.tv. It's a free site. You don't have to pay. Uh, There's not a lot of ads on it. Uh, You know, Stevie Rochelle, who, uh, if you've listened to all 200 episodes of this podcast, he's provided the music for Inappropriate Earl from day one. So at least support Stevie's website. Go on the gossip board. I think uh, there's seven or eight sections of the gossip board. Uh, Carlos is in the the general, I guess, uh, the first one it's the first one up top and it's just all kinds of and they have a sports section they have a bootleg section they, they got have, a penis chart yeah they have a i am not on the penis <laughs> i'm chart. not on the penis chart they have a penis chart where groupies uh, talk about the uh either the the girth or lack of on uh well, since stars. i'm not on the penis chart i'll go ahead and spill spill it right now i i, I am a proud member of the 12 inch club well there you know but I, that's I, I got to get it up three times in a row, but still, it's tw- it's twelve once times right. three, so four inches. T- well, there, we go. you know, if if that didn't get Carlos four more haters, I don't there know what go, will. Man. But uh, and just for the record, man, here's the deal on Metal Sludge, and, and and this is for all you people that that go on Metal Sludge. You know, my bad. I went on there to promote my band to open for Kiss seven or eight years ago, and that was my downfall for going on there, not knowing what it was about. Now. Yes, I'm guilty of making flyers and promoting our band. Yes, I'm guilty of making it look like we're special guests of somebody. Yes, I'm guilty of making us look as big as the other band on the flyers sometimes, which recently I've learned to not do that. (laughs) Um, I I never have talked bad about one single band. Never have you ever heard me go, this band sucks, that band sucks, except for a band called Clown, and that's a whole different story. I've never talk shit about anybody on metal sludge uh, i'm not that guy i i don't go on there and talk bad about bands no matter what i even the people that talk shit about me i don't talk shit back to them because i don't know who i'm talking to i'm talking to a, a, a false name and a nim you know i don't know who, to, who i'm talking to so why am i going to argue with people who have no clue i'm arguing with? it's just redone, redundant pointless so a lot of people accuse me of why don't i answer them back on metal sludge i'm like well Fuck, dude, if you want to sit there and bash me and call me a bunch of names and say I suck, why, why would I even pay attention to you? I'm not going to do that. I'm on there to promote my band. I'm on there to talk music with people. And if you like us, cool. If you don't, you don't have to. you know. And if you if you want to talk shit about me and, and, and make memes about me or whatever, that's your business and more power to you. You know, that's all that is is free publicity and free promotion to me. I welcome it. I encourage it. And... uh like I said, you know, I'm not losing, losing sleep over anything. The bottom line is I'm a member of Metal Sludge just like anybody else. I've been there for seven or eight years. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> and uh, I'm fucking here to stay, baby. So that's uh, the best way, I think, to end uh, this episode of Inappropriate Earl. Listen, if you don't like Stonebreed, you don't like Carlos, don't listen to it. That's right. I, but give him a shot. Just listen to a song or two. You know, just like I tell people about my comedy. Go on YouTube. I, I got to uh, think a couple things on iTunes. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, great. I leave every review up on iTunes of this podcast. If you think the podcast sucks, put it. Leave a review. I'll leave it up. You know, just give uh, artists a try. It's, you know, they're doing something that the majority of the public doesn't have the balls to do. So uh, stonebreed.com. Uh, go there. You get the bios to all the band members. Uh, merchandise you guys have like t-shirts oh, yeah, and- t-shirts we got cds we got bracelets we got all kind of shit man <laughs> support a local uh, band uh go see them at uh, the uh, december 29th in san diego 
At Brick by Brick. Yep, December 30th at Paladins, February 23rd, back at the Whiskey with ba- uh, Bullet Boys. And uh, support MetalSludge.tv. Uh, even if you don't like the Stonebreed threads, you can keep up on, uh, I don't know, what the bass player from Britney Fox is up to uh, these days, uh, Billy Childs. It's really embarrassing that I know that. We but, actually uh, played with Britney Fox last time they came to the Whiskey. See, there. I mean, I went to see them at the Troubadour. I think they're down to one original member. Oh, wow. Uh, Billy. Most of those bands are these days. <laughs> well, really, uh, you know, it was like, I'm, I'm a Britney Fox fan. I bought a T-shirt. Uh, uh, the guy wouldn't even take my money. I was like, here, uh, here's 20 bucks. He's like, I don't have any change. I'm like, well, just keep the 20 and give it to the band. He's like, no, no, just take the shirt. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, well, no wonder these bands make no money. Uh, so uh, thank you guys. You know, I hope you guys dug this. I know some of the criticisms of this podcast is it's too much about stand-up or roast battle. Well, it's it's what I fucking do. So, uh, you know. Uh, well, I, I appreciate you having me on the show, brother. I thank you for inviting me down. Oh, dude, this was awesome. It was almost yeah, cool. two hours, and uh, come back anytime. Love to. And I'll bring Bobby next time. Please do. And uh, Bobby, if you're listening, uh, I was just kidding around. Uh, I'm a b- big fan of yours and Rat. Me personally, I wish you guys could just get along, but I get it. For 30, 40 years together. Uh, you know, I understand, but uh, I, I apologize to you, Bobby Blotzer, if you took anything I said out of context. Uh, you know, I'm a comic; it's what I do. Uh, I'll, I'll play him this podcast. Comes, comes. I, I hope so. I mean, I will I, on Sunday, at least this part right here. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. He probably uh, speed through the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, I had the drummer from Pat Benatar. Uh, he's mad at me too. So, because uh, you know, he sells. Let me ask you. This is how I want to end this podcast. I'm a big fan of Myron Grumbacher. He's the drummer. I know exactly who he is. When I was a little, I wouldn't say a little kid, but as younger, uh, I, I went and saw him in concert. He looked like a little rooster back there. Right. Red hair sticking up. And he was the most awesome drummer. He was animated. He did tricks back there. He stood up. He was he was, he was was a great performer drummer. So, I, I mean, I love Myron Grumbacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love Pat Benatar, but... Uh, so he sells uh, high-end Porsches now, I think in Woodland Hills. Um, and I had an idea for a video where I go test drive a Porsche. And uh, in the uh, video, it would have been, he gets in the car, I get in the car, and I say, hey, listen, uh, I can't drive this car without listening to music. So he takes out a Pat Benatar CD, puts it in, we go for a test drive, we get back to the lot. He says to me, what do you think? I'm like, well, the car is awesome, but that drummer sucks. (laughs) And I think he took it the wrong way. Like, something got lost in translation. So Myron Grumbacher. He didn't see it as a comical thing. He thought you were. Right. And I'm a huge fan. Like, he's one of my favorite drummers. So uh, Myron Grumbacher, if you're out there listening, I don't think you are. I humbly apologize. And uh, Bobby Blotzer, this has been the Apology to Drummers I've Pissed Off podcast. And to Rick Allen. Uh, I've made some juggling jokes. Did I tell you, when I was a kid, I stole a cop car one time. You did not? Yes. I thought it was a Porsche because it said 911 on the side. (laughs) All right. Well, there we go. Carlos (laughs) doing material. Now, I guess I need to don't quit my day job. Don't try doing stand-up comedy. That's your job, brother. That's my job. Uh, (laughs) Josh Nasser. uh, Oh, Josh. Fellow comic. Used to sell meat uh, with Carlos. So all worlds in her inner mix. That's right, brother. Uh, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Go on stonebreed.com. Check out their CD. Buy a t shirt or whatever, you know. Uh, just support a, a, an artist who's 
just putting their stuff out there. It, uh, it's a better world when we're all supporting each other. Uh, and I will uh, have another guest next week who I don't know. I basically have anyone who drives to my house. It's not that hard to get on Inappropriate Earl. Uh, and leave a review, please, guys. And we'll see you soon. Stonebreed.com. Stonebreed.com.